Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Hallelujah. 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 Who remembers last week's service? Who remembers what happened at the end? last week's service? Remember the end? Remember what God did at the end? Did you get touched last week? Okay, I need two or three of you to line up here right now. Who said, yeah, I need you to come up now. I want to hear some testimonies. I know Sarah, come on. Who else? I need one or two more of you from last week who said, yeah. Or you just, you know, you could choose to not give God glory and steal it from him. That's fine. I guess that's all right as well. There you go. Come here, Marty. Say what's up to Madi, everybody. Um, it's been a series of... Okay, don't preach now. Okay. Well, God just rocked my world. Just put it that way. What happened? What happened? Uh, what happened last week? I, I just felt a lot of things being just removed and inside of me and just setting me more freer. And I, I think I'm free, but then he takes me to another level and I'm like, whoa. And then it's like uh, everything that um, I shouldn't be doing in the sense of, you know, uh, just like, I don't care anymore what other people look at me. Amen. If God is doing something crazy in me, I That's don't care. Up. And he's breaking that. Shakaba. Breaking that. Shut um, up. He's breaking um, this wall I had yeah. because of religion. And he's just like, I'm going to just break everything out of you. Amen. And I'm just like, Lord, whatever you want to do, if you want to flip me over, you want to do whatever, I don't care. I want more in all that you have. Fire, Jesus. No. said you can make me flip over, right? I didn't say that. You're my witness. I didn't say that. Come young one. Tell everybody your name. Hi guys, my name is Rafaela. So thank you. So okay, last wait, 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 wait. We're not we're not going Rasta folks. Let's just let's keep it nice and smooth here. <laughs> They'll just start getting bored and just start doing things. Uh, so last week I felt really touched. Um, I feel like I've been sitting in this message for the past three weeks about just calling out yeah. and sending. You know, it's not just about receiving, it's about giving. And yeah. um, I felt like last week when I was here, it was like, I felt like I'm walking into a new realm. Yeah, man. You know? I'm just like, a new reality to me is walking, talking about God every day. Amen. Gathering people because this is true. What did you experience right here Man. on Sunday? What happened? Tell us. Break it down. What happened? What happened? Like so you I, walked through. Yeah. And? No, I really just felt so empowered. Like I go. felt like I was walking into my call and it was just like, Amen. it was like a process coming out as, um, as I was walking through it. Helping just, you with the call there. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I, as I walked through, I just felt like God was just tearing down everything and I was really walking into the person he's called me into be. Amen. Yeah. Shake your hands, everybody. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, you're here to usher, not so. I know you want to. I know you like want to counsel somebody next. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, everything you've called her to be, that she would invite them and make sure they keep coming back. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give it up for Hoffa, everybody. Sorry, guys. For those who don't know, Sarah's our Revival Kids uh, uh, Ministry Director. Is that, is that your title? Sure. I don't. <laughs> children's Ministry Director. I know she has a title. I just dealt like, with the kids. So. In charge of the kids and the people who do the kids. Yeah. Um, so if your kids aren't behaving, she's in charge of the kids. That's tough. You can ask her why your kids aren't behaving at home. She's the children. And I'll direct you to Sam. <laughs> Corey, no. said, what if you're, Corey said, what if you're married to her? <laughs> wow. That was lovely. <laughs> Love you all, too. Um, <laughs> um, so. Okay, let me explain what I just said, because it was kind of awkward. In many churches, they have a children's pastor, as if there's a pastor for the children. If you have kids, you are the children's pastor for your children. That I'm making kind of a church joke. Like you are the like like my kids go to a youth group and there's a youth pastor and to me he's just the pastor for the youth ministry. I am my youth pastor, right? You can't you can't like outsource that, right? So the joke I was yeah, making yeah. was if your kids aren't behaving, you know, ask the children's pastor because she's one pastor in them. It wasn't a funny joke, so I had to explain <laughs> it. All right, go ahead. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate that. That's why. That's, yeah, we didn't get that though. White guy problems. Go ahead. Oh my God. So Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to Revival Life, everybody. Pastor Tracy called in our living room for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> During service and in the altar time, and I just kept seeing angels come in, like in floods. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They were everywhere. And at one point, I, I believe it was during an altar ministry, I saw Jesus walking up to to each of us, and he was like pulling things out that weren't supposed to be there. But it was like he was pulling things out. Yes, they weren't supposed to be there, but they were making things not work correctly. Yeah. Too. Like that was part of why he needed to remove them. And I saw as he did that, things like physical healing, emotional healing, mental illness, um, just things that people are struggling with or knowing, feeling like, okay, this part of me is not working right. Like he totally removed that part not working right and fixed it. Amen. Which you that over people. That's okay. good. Jesus, I, I, I just declare that that pulling out of what's not supposed to be there, that that fixing what I saw happen last week, that you would continue to do it, God, that um, people would see it not as a feel bad for themselves or, or feel like something's wrong with them, but see it because you're going to heal it, Lord, that you're going to fix it. And I just declare that fixing over them in Jesus' name. Do what only you can do, God. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Amen. Give it up. You can do it, Marty. I have faith in you. Hey, we're in our message series, The Key to Greatness. And uh, uh, I'm Carl Thomas. That's me. Thank you. It's, it's all I really can be, actually, is me. I've tried to be other people. It just doesn't work. Amen. If I get my clock here. Uh, 
Uh, we're, we're, in our key to, we're in our key to greatness uh, message series. Uh, they killed you? Hey, JJ, cut you out. He doesn't know. We're trying new things. Give my countdown clock, please. So Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 6. It says, And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. You say amen to the reading of the word. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, band. I appreciate you up here. Now, as we've, as we've been working our way through the book of Acts, and uh, we're finishing up our uh, message series today on serving, here we are uh, again, if we could just kind of repaint the picture. Worship leaders. If I could paint the picture, uh, as you remember, um, there were, uh, you know, the church was, was, was at a place where it was time to get some things accomplished. Amen? Like being spiritual is great and all, and uh, the glory of God coming is wonderful, and revival, and people rolling on the ground, and that's all beautiful. But at some point, we need to get some work done. Amen? Like at some point, you know, if everybody's on the ground, we need somebody to make sure the electric bill is getting paid, so we're not rolling on the ground and sweating. Right? Right? Like there's a point where we got to get some stuff done. And uh, we see that happening here uh, in, in the book of Acts. And, and without even knowing it, the apostles started uh, addressing this concern. And um, <clears throat> it seemed almost like the apostles were trying to put themselves above people by saying, hey, we can't wait on the tables. And, and as you remember, uh, they were, um, it, it was kind of evil in the day that when your uh, mother became a widow, you would abandon her. And, uh, and so Christians began taking care of of the widows and began feeding them. And uh, they said, hey, the Greek widows aren't, aren't getting fed. And the, and the apostles said, hey, I can't, we can't spend our time waiting tables. We have something else we need to do. And uh, when you look at that and you don't understand why God orchestrated that way, it could seem prideful. Uh, but but it, it's, it's really important to see why they did that, the way they did it, and how it applies to our lives. You see, they didn't have a New Testament. They were literally writing the New Testament. All they knew was Jesus came and changed people's lives and everything they knew no longer applied. Right? And so what, what people tend to do is when I have a problem, I want to go to the person I trust most to help me solve that problem. And of course, the person that they trusted most to solve this problem of the feeding were the apostles. The apostles, were, they walked with Jesus and they said, we have a problem. If anybody can address this problem, Clearly, it's them, and we don't trust how the money is getting spent. So uh, why don't you guys come and handle it for us? And that, and that makes sense, except uh, just because you trust someone the most doesn't mean that they're the best suited to help you with the problem. Amen? I talked about this last week and how uh, people, since I'm on stage, they hear me the most. They identify with me the most. They, want, uh, they feel like they want the, the message might have unearthed something in their heart they want to deal with. They want to meet with me about it, and, uh, uh, and I'm a preacher. What I do is preach. And if you've ever been to a counselor, you'll understand how funny it is to try to get counseling from a preacher. See, when you go to counseling, counselors are there to hear you talk. But if you and I are in a room, we're there to hear me talk, right? Because I'm a preacher. That's what I do. I'm a preacher. And so people get upset that I'm not a counselor. But I'm not like, have you seen what I do on Sunday mornings? I talk for 40 minutes by myself. <laughs> It's what I do. 
And they'll be like, well, he talked the whole time. I'm like, have you seen me? Every single week on a Sunday morning, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> and you want me to do something else. Like what you want to do is, you know, someone that you like really enjoy talking to, you should probably talk to them because they'll let you talk, right? Does this, this kind of... This kind of makes sense, right? And some people who like to listen, they like find out that they can help some people. So they go to school and learn how to listen in a way that helps people. Some people just hear you complain and that makes you feel good. You feel good about complaining. That's not helpful either. What you need is someone who can hear you and actually give feedback and how you can get better in your life, right? We all need to do our own part. Now, me, uh, you know, you may trust me to uh, do things because I'm the guy on stage. And how, how many of you had coffee this morning? Let me use an example. How many of you had some of our coffee this morning? It's good coffee, yeah? yeah. Nice, right? Right? How many of you know you don't want me making the coffee? If I had to preach and make the coffee, I'm going to get here and I'm not even going to think about the coffee until I'm sure that my message is ready. Until I'm spiritually ready to get on stage and deliver the word of God that the Lord has given me. That is my priority on Sunday morning. And so I would have to stand up here, you know, five weeks out of seven and say, yeah, sorry, no coffee today. I was busy. You know, I needed to make sure that I had this. I need to make sure. And so what we do is, watch this. We put someone else important in charge of one of those important things in the church. Making coffee, right? Like that's one of the most important things that happens Sunday morning. So we put someone else in charge of that. Now, I show up here uh, at about 7.30 on Sundays. That's, that's the goal. Somewhere between 7.20, 7.30, I get here. I, I, I turn on the lights. I pray over the room. I go over my message. I make sure things are worked out. You know, I make sure spiritually things are ready. And uh, the, next two people who, the next two people who come are always the same two people. Uh, uh, the first is normally Corey, who's in charge of worship. And as much as I would like to be in charge of worship, you should be thankful I'm not in charge of worship, right? <laughs> it would be amazing in my eyes. Uh, you may not want to sing along and the church may not grow as it has been. And so Corey is here very early uh, to get things ready for worship and to pray also and to make sure things are set up. And the third person who's normally here very early is Denise Davis. Denise shows up very early, and Denise makes sure the coffee, she's, I don't actually, let me just be really honest, I don't know what she's doing. I have no idea what she's doing here. She puts her purse down over there, and then she's walking around doing stuff. And then I smell coffee at some point. <laughs> that's what, that's what happens. And so, on Sunday morning, we have coffee, because someone is, is faithful to what God has called them to do. Now, if you know um, Denise, and you know myself, you don't want either one of us doing the other one's job. You don't want me to make things look nice and serve good food. And you don't want Denise on stage because she has no desire to be on stage. So you have someone up here apologizing the entire time she's talking because she doesn't actually want to be up here. And you'll have me ordering in. <laughs> that, that's, or not. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, there, 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 there's coffee right across the street. You could just stop there on the way, you know, there's a Panera right there. If you're thirsty, we'll wait a second. You know what I mean? Like, that's how my brain works. You don't want me doing that. And what we see in the church here is the apostles were like, like this new thing is happening and they're searching the scriptures on to, 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 to say, okay, God came in the flesh, just like he promised. And the Messiah came, we got to search the scriptures so we can show people what, what, what is happening now to show people this is God's plan to, to articulate theologically this message that Jesus 
has come. And he's not saying we're too good for tables. He's like, if we do that, who's going to do this thing that Jesus actually told us to do? And so he said to them, hey, you can find some people that you trust and get together. And we believe the Holy Spirit will be in the midst of it. And he'll help you put some people in charge of this thing. So both that gets done and this gets done. And, and, and what we see is each, each person doing their part. Each person doing their part in the church. And that's how it works. Each person does their part. And they value the part they're doing. What's disappointing to me and hurtful um, internally for me is someone who's fixated on filling a part of the body that they're not called to fill. And it, and it, and it, and it hurts because I know the disappointment that's going to come because it's not going to work. And I also know the body is suffering because you're not doing what you're actually supposed to be doing. Right? Right? That's, 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 and it's unfortunate. And um, there are people called to preach. And many of you are. And there's people called to lead worship. And, and, and maybe you are, but um, if that's what you think of as ministry, that's going to be a very, very rough road as, as that gets kind of tumbled out of your life, right? That's not all there is to ministry is, is what you see on the stage. Uh, and holding a microphone isn't necessary to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. It's, it just, it just, it's not necessary. And unfortunately, since the way the church works is that there's one guy on stage and many people listening, it creates a false paradigm of that's what the kingdom is. But here, let me tell you something. What we're experiencing right now is only part of the kingdom. Does this make sense? This isn't the whole, yeah, this isn't the whole kingdom. My part of the kingdom is equip you to go and, and operate in the kingdom. Right? That's my role. And so <clears throat> I want you to, I, I really hope that, you know, you would go after, just like, just like um, Hoffa said, that, you know, you would go after what God has called you to do. You would go after what God has called you and not worry about the title. Not worry about your role. Not, not worry about what category other people put you in or how other people categorize what you're doing. You just do what you feel called to be doing. Just go, just go do it and watch Holy Spirit back you up in it. Amen? Amen? Don't, don't worry about, you know, the titles that man gives you. What, what we need to be concerned about is well done, good, and faithful. Amen. At the end of the day, we're all going to be before Jesus, and what we want to hear is well done, good, and faithful servant. Not, wow, what a great preacher you are. I doubt Jesus is going to say that to anybody. Jesus had like three sermons. And that seemed to be enough. I've preached hundreds of sermons and have not accomplished nearly as much as he did, right? Well done, good and faithful is what we're looking for. And so as we see what the, the apostles were doing, you know, they weren't just sitting around having a Bible study. Like, let's just look at the book some more. Oh, look at this. I saw a new clause. Oh, look, there's a little tittle there that I didn't notice. Oh, look at this dot that, uh, and I wonder, I wonder if Isaiah was really saying this. And oh, look, let's, let us just look for, no, no, that's not what they're doing. What they're doing was, uh, we talked about this last week. The goal is not to get more filled. The goal is to see how much we can pour out. The goal is to see how much we can pour out. How much of what God has given us, we can get out of us. God's trying to get it out of us for a world who doesn't know him. And, uh, you know, if, 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 if you're into studying the Bible, and I, and I hope you are, the goal of studying the Bible isn't to gain more knowledge, it's to be transformed into his likeness. And we should be reading it to be transformed so we can carry that transformation into the world. The apostles focused on equipping people through sharing the word. This is what they did. They studied the word, 
And then they preached it. They were preaching this revelation saying, hey, this wasn't just a guy who came and got murdered. This, that's not what happened. Let me show you in the scriptures who he was. Let me show you that salvation is here. Let me demonstrate the kingdom to you. They, they, and they went and they studied the word. and They were transformed through seeing it. And they went back out into the world. and They shared it with the world what they were getting. It's not just let's sit around and have another Bible study. But, you know, we need both people. We need people who will show up early and make coffee. We need people who want to just preach to people and get them activated and saved right now. We need, all, we need, we need it all. We need the whole body. Amen. We need the whole body. We need you to be doing what you are called to be doing, irregardless of what the person next to you is called to be doing. Don't compare yourself to the person next to you. Don't compare yourself to what you think the right thing is. Don't, don't compare yourself. Just to, this comparison thing will just, it just will eat at your heart. It'll tear down your self-esteem, make you try to be someone you're not, run a race that you weren't called to run. You're not equipped to win. Have you put on clothes you're not called to wear? It's like, like at some point you just get so tired you give up. And then God's got you where he wants you. Listen, our goal our role as Christians is to make Jesus present. And we do that by being transformed and sharing our transformation. We get present with Jesus and we bring that where we go. That's the goal. That is the goal. We bring Jesus and make him present wherever we go. We make him present. Now, put on my next slide. Some people think this is what evangelism looks like. This is like their idea of evangelism. This is not evangelism, right? Like you don't have to argue with people about Jesus. Jesus didn't say go out into all the world and argue with them and show them how they're wrong. That's just, it's, it's not like, like we love to win arguments, but it's just not in the book. Are you with me? This is not what evangelism looks like. You, like Jesus didn't say go out into all the world and let everybody know that you're right and they're wrong. The goal is to demonstrate that he's right. We do that by sharing our story. Like, like when, when we're arguing with people, we're actually saying that the wall they have between them and God is valid. What, what we need to be doing is sharing our story. <clears throat> Leave that up. Um, <clears throat> I've talked about this before, I believe, briefly. So, <clears throat> and the early church had to deal with all kinds of problems that you just got to be happy you don't have to deal with. So, there were the Gnostics during that time. And the Gnostics believed that everything of the flesh was evil. And everything of the spirit was good. So spiritual things were good. Flesh was bad. And so the goal was to kill your flesh, right? Like that was like, like anything that you... And at the same point, what they believed was anything you did with your body didn't matter because it was of the flesh, right? So sins of the flesh didn't matter. It was only the sins of the mind that mattered. And they had all kind of crazy teachings. And so the church had to address this problem of the Gnostics. So since they believed that spirit was good and flesh was bad, they began teaching there's no way that Jesus could have come in the flesh because flesh is bad. Therefore, Jesus was just a spirit who came. And he didn't actually die because how do spirits die? And so you can obviously see the consequence of that if, if you start teaching people that there was no actual sacrifice for sin then there is no salvation. And what's at stake is actual salvation. Not just bad teaching. Does this make sense? Yeah. The enemy's plan is to 
erode the foundation of salvation. And so John, as we've talked about, wanted to address these Gnostics. And so he started, uh, don't just leave this, this up here. And so he started saying, you know, uh, in the beginning was the word. Remember we talked about, they believed that the, in this divine logos, right? This word, this, this veritas, this truth. And so John began agreeing with them. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, which they believed. They fully believed that, that this truth resided with God and this truth was God. And, and then he talked about this, this divine logos. And he says, and, and he talked about his greatness and uh, his, the, uh, his glory. And for those who believed in him, he gave the right to be called sons of God. And next verse, he puts up John 1.14. He gets this point. He says, and the word that they agree on is God. And this word became flesh and dwelt among us. And watch this. We saw his glory. Glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. What do they do there? Did they argue with the Gnostics? No, they shared their story. You say flesh is evil, but we saw the truth become flesh and it had glory. They're just sharing their story. I understand what you're saying, but let me share my story with you because how do you argue a story? Arguments don't change anything, but your encounter with Jesus is the currency of heaven. Your encounter with Jesus changes things. You don't have to know the whole Bible inside and out. You don't have to know the Greek. You don't have to know, well, did Daniel really say this? And did the wheel within the wheel? You don't have to know. You just need your story. What has God done for you? What has God done in your life? You tell that story. I told the story last week uh, about uh, the, the cab driver in uh, Panama City that I was having a, a delightful conversation with who was uh, hailing uh, uh, the Illuminati. And uh, as we're arguing, you know, about the Illuminati and... Uh, and I'm talking about Jesus, and I began, uh, you know, probably pushing him in ways. He, my, wife, uh, my wife was getting upset because I kept touching him. And every time I touch him, he get wor more worked up. She's like, you got to stop touching him. He's going to crash. And I'm like, I'm casting the devil at him. How am I going to cast the devil at him without touching him? Unless I'm telling him, I'm casting the devil out of him. And so I kept talking, and then I would push him. And I'm talking, i push him. And I'm talking, i push him. She's like, he's getting worked up. I'm like, no, he's manifesting. There's a difference. And so, you know, he was telling me all about the Illuminati and how it runs everything. And, uh, and I was like, and so, I was, you know, how I'm wrong and he's right. And I said, I said, you ever seen an angel? He's like, oh, I don't believe in angels. I said, well, I've seen angels come in the room and I've seen them minister to people and them get healed. He's like, uh, I, uh, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? He's like, oh, I don't believe in God. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, you ever seen anybody get healed? You ever seen a miracle? He's like, oh, I don't believe in miracles. I said, I saw people with scoliosis and I heard their backs pop in. I could hear it pop. And then their back was straight and they walked out completely healed. Yeah. He said, I, 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 how do you argue with that? Amen. How do you argue with that? How do you argue with somebody's experience? How do you argue with that? I, said, I see miracles where people couldn't even see out of their eyes. They had cataracts and the cataracts came out of their eye onto their face and they could see perfectly after that. Yeah. Your Illuminati ever done that? Come on, they ever done that? Run any economies, they ever heal anybody? I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is alive, right? You just tell your story. What are they going to say? So you share the gospel. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. It is the good news of the kingdom. The gospel the power of God for salvation. It's the gospel of the kingdom. This is the kingdom we live in. This is the kingdom that we function in. And it is the power of God for salvation. We need to share it with people. 
We just need to tell it. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to fix their problems. You don't have to tell them what's wrong with their life. You just tell them the gospel. Romans, Paul said this. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a... Oh, that didn't sound like a preacher. How will they hear without a... Oh, one more time. How will they hear without a... That's you he's talking about. He's not talking about me. He's not talking about me. He's talking about how they in the world hear about Jesus unless you actually say something. You have to actually say something. They go, oh, you shouldn't talk about Jesus at work. I'm sorry. I read the manual. The Bible says I'm supposed to be a preacher and I'm going to talk about, you talk about your foul, wicked weekend. You talk about the sin that you're involved in. I'm just talking about what I'm involved in. Amen. Amen. You talk about what you want. I I mean, come on. You go to work, you go to school, you hear about people's kids, right? You're all about their kids. You're all about their family life and about how what they did for the weekend. And I'm not talking to get up there and get you a three-point sermon. You just share your life with people. What's going on in your life? Like you spend a good portion of your weekend with this, right? You, 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 set, you wake up in the morning when they're sleeping and you actually get ready. You come here and you're singing with a bunch of people. How many people do that? Right? How many people do that? You do that. And, and do, do the people in your, your, your world know? See, we, 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 we set this line up. Like there's two of us. There's the church us, and then there's the world us. And we're like scared to bring up the church us to the world us, because then we might get in an argument. Just decide, I'm not getting in an argument. Yeah. Yeah. Just not getting in an argument. I'm just not getting in an argument. You know, they're talking about, oh, I went to this, and this happened. I was like, yeah, well, that's awesome, man. That's great. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, I went to church, and uh, you know, an angel came and touched me. It was amazing. Did you get that email from Susie yet? Because I need to do the one thing on the. <laughs> right? We use weekend. Well, I went to Orlando in a stadium. Oh, yeah. Who'd you see? I saw a bunch of people preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was amazing. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why it's amazing. It's an amazing life. It's amazing life. See, I used to have this crazy life. And then, uh, you know, I just, just started listening to Jesus and my life got better. Amen. Well, I don't believe in God. Yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you because I've, I've seen him. I don't believe you need all that religion. How do you know what I need? Shouldn't judge like that. You non-Christians are so judgmental. So judgmental. You need to be more open about things, more accepting, more... Come on, let's just be accepting of each other, all right? I mean, I accept you and your wickedness. You can accept me and my holiness, right? Don't say that part. Don't say that part. That's not the part you want to say. <laughs> Don't be that. Don't do that part. I mean, you could. I mean, I, you know. Sometimes people are so far gone, you just start having fun, right? Was that wrong to say or is that okay? <clears throat> I had a small group at our first, I don't know why I'm telling you this story. We had a small group uh, at our first office, my small group, or somebody's small group was there. And this guy came into the small group to tell us that this, what we're experiencing is the devil. I've told you the story, I think, right? And he waited till the end of the small group to start telling us that this was all false spirit and all that. Okay, yeah, thanks for informing me of that. Um, 
Yeah, you know, that experience you told me about, I believe that was the devil in your life, by the way, who spun you. And that's why the confusion is on your head and probably don't have many friends, do you? Because this is the way you operate in, the, you know, like a lie. You came here like a friend, but you're not really a friend. And then he started manifesting. And I was trying to win him, but he wouldn't win. And I said, here's what's going to happen as he began arguing with me. I had some men there. They were kind of freaked out because I had a Bible. It was a small group of kind of new people. I said, here's what's going to happen. <clears throat> They're going to start praying in tongues and you're going to leave. And he argued, and I said, no, no, watch, because the demon in you is not going to want to stay here. So they're going to start praying in tongues, and you're going to leave. Watch what happens. Praying in tongues, guys. He's like, I don't need to stay here for this. I said, I told you, man. I told you. You can, <laughs> you can leave with the demon or without. I don't know. It's up to you, man. I can set you free right now if you want. And he left, and I didn't hear from him again. <laughs> Why did I tell you that story? I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not upset. Like, I'm not scared of having, like, debate with people about the God that I know. Like, what are they going to say? Like, I don't believe. Well, you didn't believe in the beginning. So what did I lose now? But if they encounter enough people who believe, they might actually start connecting the dots that he's alive. Right? You share your experience with people. We just need to share the Jesus we know. That's all. Just share the Jesus you know. Don't share the Jesus that, you know, Benny Hinn knows or that Todd White knows. And don't try to use their phrases and try to be like somebody else. You meet Jesus and you share that with people. They don't, if they needed that person, they would watch them on TV, right? What they need is you. That's why Jesus sent you. You don't understand the power that God has on the inside of you. The you. You. You are anointed and you are powerful. And the Jesus that's in you, it can change someone's life. You, come on, yeah. You encounter Jesus and people change. So we're a people who have to keep encountering Jesus so we can share the Jesus we're encountering. We have to keep encountering him. Now, you may, you, may, you may encounter Jesus through the word, through Bible study, right? You may study the word, and actually he comes alive in the word, right? And as you're studying your Bible, you get something. Share that with somebody. Like, has anybody here read the whole Bible? Have you read the whole Bible through? Has anybody here read the whole Bible? Oh, good God, I hope it's more than a handful. If you have read the entire Bible, please read it and raise your hand. I was expecting that there. Come, oh, sweet Jesus. Conviction on people. <laughs> Lord, read the Bible. I'm on a journey, Pastor. I'm just on a journey. Well, make a journey through the Bible. Take a journey through the Bible. Have you read the whole New Testament? How many of you have read the whole New Testament? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Have you read parts more than once? Why? How about the second time you read it, get something out of it and share it with somebody? Amen. You just share it with people. I got something. Let me share it with people. I promise you God will work it into your day. Are you with me? God will work it into your day. You might just be reading and God talks something about, you know, just like bitterness. And you're like, wow, that jumped out of me. Lord, make sure my heart is clean. You go to work and someone, you know, they find out that their family member hurt them. You're like, man, I was just reading the Bible this morning about how bitterness can be a cancer. Man, let me just, I just pray that things go better for you. You don't have to like, and then Romans 10, 10 says, for this, and then John 3, 16 says, you know, just share the Jesus you know. Just share the Jesus just a little bit. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to get a home run every time. Just, just advance the runner. That's all you, you got to get on base. That's what you think. I just need to get on base. If I just get one little nugget inside of them, think about it. You get one little nugget of the Holy Ghost on the inside of them, he's going to start working. Just crack the door a little bit. Like someone who doesn't believe at all and then someone actually shares Jesus in a way that isn't crazy. 
Like maybe they'll open the door a little bit. Like maybe there's something in there. I don't believe it all, but maybe there's something good. Right? Right? And, and for you preachers and you people who don't know what to talk about, man, the, 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 what, what, the Sunday morning message, my job is to encounter Jesus. And I, out of that encounter, I invite you into an encounter with Jesus in the Sunday morning message. This is what I do. I live a life seeking God, and then I invite you into that journey with me. Then that encounter that I had becomes your encounter. And when you share something out of the message, maybe something small, maybe something I'm not even really talking about, but the Holy Spirit just ignited one little word for you, and it became alive, and you're like, that was for me. That was for me. I mean, you could just like, my goal when I go to listen to someone preach, I'm like, just one thing, Lord. I just need one little thing from you. Just one little touch from you is all I'm really looking for. You get that one thing and you share it. Yeah. You just share it. Just talk about it. Just work it in. I mean, you just got to, you just, 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 just share your experience. That's all you have to do. That's what I did with the cab driver. I'd stopped arguing theology with the guy. I just started sharing my experience. And what are you going to do when you share experience? What are they going to do? What are, what are people going to say? No, you didn't. Like, no, yeah, no, I really did. You got to share, and share your real experience. Share your real walk with God. Not the fake Christian walk. Not the, if I'm not perfect, they won't believe in Jesus. Let me tell you what, they will believe more in Jesus if you're real. We just have some real Christians who deal with real problems. Listen, like you fall in a pit and, and like Jesus gives you a ladder out of the pit. And I'm like, hey, I've been in that pit myself. Most days I'm not, you know, in the pit. Like it's most days I'm using the ladder Jesus gave. Most days, some days not so much, but I always know that there is a ladder there. I'm not stuck. We need to be real in front of some people. We need to, I mean, like we enough holier than thou Christians lying about how amazing they are. We just don't need that. Doesn't help Jesus, doesn't help us. Even Jesus had to ask questions of people. We think like we know everything these days. We're more spiritual than Jesus. Sometimes there are people around Jesus like, man, y'all got problems. I got to go pray. I just need, I just got to go pray. This is sweet Jesus. Like you would get like, right? You'd be like, how long am I going to have to suffer with you? Like, who do I go to for heart healing from that Jesus? Like, <laughs> we need real Christians sharing real problems. Like enough of the fake Christianity with our perfect families, with our perfect kids and our, like, man, we're just walking this walk, right? Just that we have like, we have a source of help and ever present help in time and need. That's the difference. And we need to be sharing that with people. We need to let them know, man, like we're not, I don't think I'm perfect. I hope you don't. Uh, I, I mean, the more I look at Jesus, the more I know I'm not perfect. Right? But man, he's there to reassure me and I need that. You got to share the, you got to share your walk. We're on a journey. You need to bring people on the journey with you. And, and, and in bringing people on the journey includes bringing them to church. Now, you don't have to be a one-man church, and you shouldn't be a one-man church. The goal should be to get people in church. Paul told Timothy, the church, he said, the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar in support of the truth. Now, when people get added to the church, there are pillars and supports in their life where they don't have to do everything on their own anymore. There's actually people they can reach out to for advice. And I'm like, how do people, if they don't get added to the church, how do they learn how to worship? How do they learn how to worship? Well, how do they learn fellowship? How do they learn that it's not all about you? How do they learn that God is God and you aren't? How do you learn that without the church? 
Now, some people churches in a living room, some people churches in a massive auditorium or somewhere in between, but, but, you know, people like, oh, we're not part of the institutional church. We, we, you know, we're, we're in a house. Okay. So you're in a building with a different name. Yeah, that's church. Yeah. We're all in church. We're all doing the same thing. We're meeting in a building. Someone's going to be in charge of the meeting, sharing from the Bible. Yes. It's, it's church. I know you're super spiritual because you're not doing what we're doing, but it's church. People need to be added to the church though. The church. They need the church. They need pastors. They need spiritual moms. They need spiritual dads. They need people in their lives who encourage them. They need peers saying, hey, hey, I know you think that you're failing God because you're stumbling with this, but guess what? It's not that uncommon. All right? Like, I'm me too. I'm stumbling. You know, me too. I'm trying to deal with that too. Like, you're not alone. Right? Right? See, and, and, and this is what we need less of. Next slide, please. See, this, 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 this. Next slide. This is not helpful here. This is, this is. This is not what we need in the church today. And some people, this is an actual strategy of theirs. It's the end of the world. God loves you. He's going to kill you. Some people think that's an actual strategy. And some people call that love. I contend that's not helpful. I contend that's not helpful. The goal is to create disciples, not win arguments. Amen. Amen? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. The goal is to create disciples, not win arguments. We need to make, Jesus told us to make people disciples of his, right? And to some people, next slide, some people think if you're a disciple, that means we're going to sit in a living room and stare at the Bible, right? And, and that may be part of discipleship, but that's not actually a disciple of Jesus. That's a Bible study, right? We have to understand if you're not applying this word to your life, you're not a disciple of Jesus. The goal is to connect people with the presence and power of God, not just the word. We need the word. Absolutely, that's absolutely part of it. So is fellowship. So is worship. So is being generous. So is serving, right? So is inner healing. But knowing him is the most important part. I contend, uh, uh, you know, this next slide, please. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Next slide. I don't even know where we're at now. 2 Corinthians 5. God himself in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to who? Us. The ministry the word of reconciliation. He is committed to us, the word of reconciliation. I need you to hear this. I preach this all the time. But I need you to hear this. He is planning, he, his, his plan is that you would tell people he wants to get back together with them. God loves you. He's going to kill you. He doesn't really fulfill that. The only person who's going to tell them that God wants to get back together with them is you. That's it. That's your message. Man, God loves me. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. And he kind of loves you too. Well, I don't believe I need to. Oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about knowing God. Well, I don't think you have to. I'm not talking about any of that. I don't know who told you that. I'm just talking about you should love God. God loves you. Well, I, I, but my, my aunt, she was, a, she was an evangelist in her church. And she was, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't go to that church. I'm just telling you. You got to come worship God. It'd be a good time. It'd be a good time. They even have sent some gifts in our. Next slide. I contend that for many people, this is what discipleship actually looks like. This is discipleship that most of our world needs today. In a fatherless society, in a broken society where people don't know their neighbors, like this is how families operate. This is what it looks like to sit around a table and have a meal. This is what it looks like when 
Children actually don't hide, but they can have conversations with their parents. This is discipleship. Are you, are you hearing me? This is, now, we like just to sit around and stare at a book because we don't want to talk about us. But this is us sharing Jesus. This is us living life with people. And, 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 and the goal is we want to we make people who want to learn from and follow Jesus. We want to learn from and follow Jesus. That, that's the goal. And so God, God isn't looking for perfection here. He's looking for courage. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for courage. He's looking for some people. I mean, in, in, in the midst of, of, of a world where they were murdering Christians, these people were sharing their faith. He's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for courage. And, you know, Paul said, I'll be a, a, a Jew to the Jew and a Greek to the Greek. And next slide. This is not what we're talking about, okay? We're this like, this is... Like, I'll do anything to reach people. Like, this, this is not a strategy either. Right? Because if you're not doing well, I hear that doesn't work out well for you, right? And if you are doing well, people are like, wait a minute, why are you good at this? Right? Like, it's... Wait, I don't... Not, this is not it, right? Like, we, we actually are supposed to be righteous and holy and, and be an example. Like, this is what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Does this make sense? I want you to see this. Let's go back to our scripture in Acts chapter 6. The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were being obedient to the. Now, we have this false conception that there were the, there were the disciples, and Jesus, of course, was Jewish, and his disciples were, but they weren't really Jewish because they, they were sinners. And so then we had the Jews against the Christians. The Jews were persecuting the Christians, and that's not, that's, that wasn't it at all. I mean, we see here in this scripture that many of the priests were becoming obedient to the word. Like many of the priests. How bold do you have to be to win a priest to the Lord? We know that it was so common that the Jews were being won that they didn't even mention that part. But now the priests are becoming, many, many priests were becoming obedient. Who was brave enough to actually witness to the priest? Right? And the goal here is, I want you to see this, uh, they were becoming, what's that say? Obedient to the faith. This is what we want. We want people to become obedient to the faith. Not obedient to the parts of the Bible that we said are important. And I, it, it might sound like I'm coming against the Bible and I'm really not. I love the Word of God, studying it. I'm in grad school to learn more about it. But we all pick and choose what the important parts of the Bible are. And we tell people, those are the important parts. That's what you need to obey. If you obey what we call the important parts, you'll be right with God. And what really is we need people to be obedient to the faith. Obedient to the faith. In Acts chapter 4, they, they prayed to speak with boldness. That they would speak with boldness. Why? <clears throat> when you encounter God, he's going to tell you some things you don't want to hear. Can we be honest? When you get close to God, he tells you some things you don't want to hear. Now, God is so good, he has this Holy Ghost uh, anesthetizing program called his presence and his love. And so you encounter his presence, you encounter his love, and you somehow your heart gets anesthetized to the hard things he's going to tell you in the midst of that. And then the anesthesia kind of wears off. And you're like, oh, wow, now I have to walk that out. Is it just me? You come to the altar, you have an amazing service like last week, you're laid out, you're like, I'll tell everybody Jesus. I don't care what they think about me. And then Monday morning you show up to work and it feels like the anesthesia wore off. Here, let me show you why. God doesn't, God doesn't give small visions. 
God only gives big visions. And he expects you to sell out enough to start walking it out little by little. <clears throat> Say you had a vision of winning your whole office to the Lord. That's not where you start. It starts with you just opening your mouth and you telling somebody. Start planting some seed. Start watering a little bit. Trust God to give the increase. <clears throat> the truth is, you know in your heart you need to be inviting people to meet Jesus. You need to invite people to church and bring them so they learn how to worship. This is what we need to do. You need to do it. You know it. But we just avoid areas of conviction. And we just get to a place in our life where there's certain convictions that we just start ignoring and act like it's okay that we ignore them. Like, I just don't believe that anymore. Like somehow we convince ourselves that it's just okay that we haven't invited our neighbors to church. It's okay that we haven't invited our family members to church. It's okay that we have not shared our faith with the people in our lives. It's just okay. Even though it's clear in the Bible over and over and over again that it's not. Right? But I tithe and I go to church on time and I'm even serving in the children's ministry. Great. And that's good. And I hope you do that more. And I think that's amazing. And you speak in tongues and you prophesy. That's awesome. And I don't minimize that at all. But when you invite somebody to church, you call them again and see if they'll come back. Do you make sure they don't fall off like the seed on the side of the road? Right? Like, are, am I going to, hear me, here's what I'm talking about. Am I going to invite somebody on the journey with me and help them to walk with me on this journey of faith? Am I going to get life on life? Listen, if you feel called to ministry, and many people in this house are, and I feel called to raise up people in ministry, if you feel called to you have to give in to the fact that you have, it has to be life on life. Ministry has to be life on life, and it starts with your life. Starts with your life obedient to God. And obedience means surrender. Yeah, you're the cool cat at work and whatever. At some point, you have to be obedient to the faith. You're never going to come to the call until you surrender your life. The struggle is the surrender. Early in my walk, when I first got saved, I had great plans for my life. And they were all coming to pass. I was just amazed because I lived a very broken life, a very messed up life, just all kind of issues, all kind of problems. Moved out young, a lot of, lot of just uh, substance abuse, just you know, a lot of drinking, and uh, just a lot of other things I'm not proud of. And, uh, and uh, I went to the military. My life got a little, a little bit in order. And my life was going amazing. I had a life I never thought I could have at that point. And then I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, he made it very clear that my plans were my plans and he had other plans for me. And I had to make a choice. Will I surrender my plans for his or not? And that didn't mean that he'll tell me his plans once I gave him my plans. It was just, why don't you just go ahead and surrender your plans and trust that I have a plan. The struggle is surrender. And if you feel called to be, do great things for God, there's going to be a great surrender in your life. And I surrendered. And the impact I thought I would have, I have such a far greater impact now. It, it, it just blows my mind. The number of, of people that God has used my just flawed, messed up, broken, insecure life to touch and impact. Yeah, I, it's it, nothing but God. It, it, it just has to be God. It's not me, clearly. It's the, it's the, it's the gift of God that he has given me. And uh, the grace of God that he's allowed me to do. It. And uh, just really God's plan to show that he can use anybody. If he can use me, he can use anybody. But it starts with surrender. It starts with surrendering that Jesus Christ is God and I'm not. It comes with surrendering my plan for his. It comes with surrendering the, the reward that I want for the reward that he has for me. 
the struggle is the surrender. Stand with me. And I want to invite you today to take the journey with me to surrender. As the prayer team comes forward, I just, uh, don't anybody leave yet. Just give me a minute. I know you want to jump out of here, but that's, there might be a spiritual reason to that. The struggle is a surrender. And I want, to, I want to invite you on the journey of surrender with me today. And I'm not going to call anybody out or call anybody forward. You can do it right where you're at. But if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, now is the time. Amen? Amen? Come on, that, that, that should be inciting to somebody. Now is the time, amen? I've never met anybody who surrendered to Jesus that didn't wish they did it earlier. My only regret is I didn't do it earlier. So Father, right now, we surrender afresh right now. We give you a fresh surrender right now, Jesus. We give you a fresh surrender right now, Jesus. And we just ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would take our little broken lives. Take our little broken lives and do what only you can do through them. Do what only you... Wow. Now right now, just ask him. Just tell him, I surrender. What's my next step? I surrender. What's my next step? So there's three people in the service here today. As far as I'm concerned, there's me. And I got this word from God and I hear it and he touches my heart and I deliver it. And there's you who's here hearing it and allowing it to transform you. And there's Jesus. Jesus who wants to minister it in your heart right now. It's not me doing this. It's the spirit of Christ that is ministering in this atmosphere right now. And he's telling you things in your heart and he's connecting you to the heart of the Father. He's delivering you from the things that have bound your life. And he's calling you. Many people in this society is so very scary to live life with other people. Connected and in community. So right now, Jesus, I surrender. I give you permission in my life. Help me to walk obedient to the faith. In Jesus' name. Now, in one moment, I'm going to dismiss you. And uh, I have a prayer team right up here, and they would love to pray for you. And prayer team, uh, let's not do marathon prayers here if we could. Um, today, we're just going to agree with you in your surrender. You can just come and say, I've just chosen. I just want to speak it out loud to somebody. You can say it to somebody next to you if you want. Uh, when I dismiss you, you can tell them, i just chosen to surrender today. Would you pray that I will be obedient to the faith? And that's what we want today. I've chosen to surrender. Would you pray I will be obedient to the faith? You may need to come forward and just say, we just pray that I'm able to be obedient because I'm having a hard time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these under the sound of my voice. I declare a fruitful, a fruitful time of this week, Father. Wide open doors of ministry for them. Wide open doors. And that you would bless them greatly. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give a clap offering to the word.